Are you ready to be awakened and empowered in your calling and purpose? Are you a builder and shaper of the church, marketplace, and society? Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Schneider, and I look forward to helping you get equipped as a catalyst of the kingdom in your sphere. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Transformation Generation Podcast or wherever you are listening or watching from. I'm really excited about today because we have had such good feedback from last week's, uh, which was your greatest leadership wealth, okay? There was a lot of curiosity about what is your greatest leadership wealth? And there's no shortage of messages and teachings about leadership and what some would deem as you know, your greatest wealth in leadership. But I've got a bit of a take on it, and I touched on it last week. If you didn't hear part one on Transformation Generation podcast or on our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, make sure you go and tune into that because that is really the foundation of all of what we're about to do today. And what we were talking about has a lot to do with time management. But where we put the spin on it, because most people... When it comes to leadership and the wealth of time, they tend to think that time management and the systems you build around your time is the key, whereas in fact, as good as it is, there's something that you have to have in place before you begin to manage or put boundaries around your time. Otherwise, it defeats the purpose. You can have a great schedule and uh, have everything in, in Google Calendar or all of your routines set up. But if you haven't d- uh, dove into this initial study, which has to do with what I called me management, okay? So the management of your own values, the management of your own goals, vision. If you haven't established those, then what are you using boundaries of time for? So just a small, very small recap. We said the principle is if you don't have a philosophy about time, you will abuse it and keep losing it, much like money. We also went through a biblical perspective on time management. Did you know that Moses touched on time management? (laughs) To hear about that, you're going to have to go back to to part one. And then uh, we began to give a biblical perspective on boundaries, because before we put boundaries around our time, we need to put boundaries around ourselves, okay? We need to set a marker for our vision. We need to set constraints around what we believe in, and we need to know and be able to identify what our values are. And we went back and gave biblical perspective through Job, Genesis, how God is a boundary-setting God, how God has goals and vision, and he puts boundaries around those to bring a focus. Only once you have the focus is it time to bring boundaries to your time. Then, Then time management is important. Otherwise, you might be time managing your own laziness, <laughs> or your television time, or or this job that's never going to take you towards your destiny. You might be setting up time management boundaries and systems around things that have nothing to do with your future. We also touched on how in our History Makers Academy trainings, we have systems that we use that help to define how some people have certain goals or life purpose, they can identify their calling, but at the rate they are going with their current time management routines, 
it might take them 200 and something years. <laughs> and they'll already be dead by then. And so people are just in shock. Some of them even in tears when they find out, wow, with the way I currently manage my life, my time, routines, it would, I'll be dead before I accomplish what I feel God has called me to do. So, we walked through a biblical perspective. It also included Proverbs. We discussed that God relies on us to create and set boundaries in this material world. We gave the illustration of how it's God who created the tree, uh, which get, get, provides wood, but it's us that has to build the table. It's us that has to measure the length and the width and all the measurements that make up for, for a chair or a table made of wood. How this life is truly a partnership between God and man, and he wants us to steward and build according to what he has provided. We mentioned, and this one seemed to really impact people, that nature never does anything in a straight line. Have you noticed that? If you walk into a forest and you look at branches, trees, rocks, grass, flowers, pretty much nothing is done in straight lines and measurements because God relies on us to be boundary setters and the measurers of our own lives. If you missed that one, that'll catch you, that'll catch you on the way around. So the principle was, before anyone can put boundaries around time, you must first establish boundaries on yourself. Before time management comes self-management, or I like to call it me management. And I said that what, what you fill every second of your life with flows out of your belief systems. That's the main issue, is what you really believe. You'll find out when you get into money management or finances and, and wanting to build financial wealth, you'll find out long before it has to do with a savings account, it has to do with your own thinking. Everything begins there. Poverty begins with a mindset. Wealth begins with a mindset. Your goals, your vision begin with a mindset. As Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. And so we also touched on, this is all in the first podcast, by the way. <laughs> uh, we also touched on that one of the major reasons people struggle with time management is because they struggle with identity. That's why people, when they don't know who they are, they abuse themselves. Some to extremes like various addictions and vices, others to just wasted time. And it's amazing, when you help someone step into identity, it's a profound thing. And I've seen this in our trainings and my coaching and stuff all over the world. No matter what demographic, no matter who you are, when you capture identity, when you get a glimpse of identity, you'll begin to see destiny and you will rearrange your life to put a focus in on that thing and that includes time management. Now, when we talk about self-management, so before we're, we're managing our time, we're managing our self, which includes our identity, belief systems, values, it's important to understand that self-management begins with, number one, who God is, number two, who we are in God, and number three, what our purpose is. And then I began to go through a number of principles around all of this, but I'll leave those to the previous podcast. 
But by the time we came to the end of this, we decided that constraints, boundaries, and the management of ourselves and our time protect us from being victims in this world. <laughs> we get to choose the kind of life we want, according to God's will, of course, but for the unsaved or rebellious, even God will give you over to your own will, your own desires. So it's important to make sure you have close relationship with the Lord. So you are building your life, you're building the chair, you're building the wooden table according to God's desire and the vision that he has shown you. Okay, so I've, I've said a lot here. And, and that was one point that amazed me that was really not controversial, but when you ask the religious folk, <laughs> when you ask the church, what do you want your life to look like? Even now, have you ever given your, yourself permission to ask yourself, what do I want my life to look like? And to even dare to write those things down. <laughs> what do I want my life to look like? And, and put in the details. And you will find the Holy Spirit will work with you on that. And oftentimes when we first go to identify our core values and what we want our life to look like, we will even deceive ourselves at times in the name of religion. We want to sound spiritual, so we'll say something like, and no offense if you genuinely have this desire, we'll say something like, I want to steward millions of dollars for the kingdom so I can build orphanages in Africa or I can go and do this for mankind. And let me tell you something, for some of you that would say that, <laughs> the first thing you'd do if you had a million dollars is you would finally get that Mercedes. <laughs> you would finally, you know, build that house and do this and do that. And you'd find very little money ends up getting to the orphanages. And so this is because of the factor of me management. What are your values? What are your goals? What is your vision? And so let's touch on that for a moment. As we go to engage in time management, which is really your greatest leadership wealth. I mean, you talk to the who's who of this leadership thing and you will find out, apart from character and some of these other things that have been said over the years, what you do with your time. You can never get back your time. Okay, this is, this is one thing I've, I've heard Mark Cuban say a number of times, no matter what you think of Mark Cuban, but what's most valuable to him, time. Even our time belongs to the Lord Jesus, by the way. He didn't just die for your life. He died for your time, your energy, who you are. So he must be Lord of our time, just sliding that, that in there. So, once you decide what you want your life to look like, you become driven, you become motivated, and now it's time to put up boundaries of time and manage your time once you know what you want your life to look like. So, here's how you build your, your life blueprint. Here's how you set up these boundaries. Most people don't know where their time is going just like they don't know where their money is going. When you do a forensic investigation into your finances or even a basic budget, you find out, whoa, I didn't know this much money was going to Uber Eats. I didn't know that this much money was going here or there. No wonder I never have anything to put in my savings at the end of the day. <laughs> well, did you know it's the same with time? 
It's amazing when people going through our History Makers training, when they begin to audit their time and what they do in a day, they find out, wow, I give three hours to Facebook, my, just mindless scrolling. I give this amount of time to this. And you begin to discover, and it's a hard discovery for many, you begin to discover right there on paper or right there on the screen, wow, I'm wasting time. And even worse, wow, I may not achieve the call that God has put on my life because of where my time is going today. The principle is your seconds become minutes. Your minutes become hours. Your hours become days, become weeks, become months, become years. And that book that you've been wanting to write, <laughs> that you tried to write five years ago, that you started but haven't finished yet, always looking for time. Once I find the time. It's almost always, unless you're maybe the, the president of the United States or the prime minister of your country, it's almost always not an issue of not having enough time. It's simply how you budget your time. It's the same with money. Somebody says to me, Pastor, I can't afford to put 10% away of all my income. Yes, you can, but it's going to mean you have to budget something here or adjust something. I can't afford to give God 10%. You can't afford not to. <laughs> and in the same way, you can't afford not to look into where your time is going. One of the greatest ways to do that is to create a life blueprint. And I'm going to give you four easy steps today. This obviously isn't a in-depth. <laughs> My wife is with me in the studio and we're having some fun today. This isn't, uh, you know, in-depth. Uh, analysis. You'll get that in the History Makers training. But four things you can start doing now to really get you going down the right track. Number one is identify your core values. And you should have one to five the most, your core values. So when I say core values, one of them for most believers would be my relationship with God. It's a value. You might say, my relationship with my spouse. That's probably one of your values. It should be. One of them might be my relationship to ministry. Ministry is a value for me. For someone else, it might be uh, acquiring financial wealth, or it might be uh, physical health might be a value. And, and this is the funny one is, so many of us would say, my physical health, that's a value for me. That's an important thing. I have goals for that. <laughs> you might say that, but your inner value, if that's really your value, it must be proven by actions and enforced by boundaries and systems. There's the time management part. Did you catch that? So you say, my value is physical health. I made a New Year's resolution but you never go to the gym, you never exercise, and you eat terribly. Well, even though you said that's a value, your actions are proving otherwise. <laughs> you might say, well, no, no, I'm going to get going to the gym. I'm going to start exercising. Listen, it does not exist until it makes it to paper. It does not exist until it's enforced by a system. It does not exist until Google Calendar <laughs> says it exists, okay? So now, now, now watch this. When we look at core values, let's take relationship with God. You can say God is first. 
but then your actions prove otherwise. You can say, God is number one. He's the number one relationship in my life. But you never spend time with him. Well, there's always something eating into my time. I, by the end of the day, I get home from work and I'm tired and, and I just don't always find the time. Well, then it's not truly a core value for you. Or something else is stealing your time. Your time is being stolen or, or robbed. This is where the boundaries and constraints of time management protect the adherence to your values and your goals. And they block out everything else. Because <laughs> if you're doing this thing of going to the gym, in the time that you're at the gym, you don't have time to do that thing. And you're forced to start to live according to your, your values. So, so number one would be identify your core values, whatever they are, one to five you should have. Then number two, you're going to ask yourself the question, what are your general goals for each of those? So get a little more specific. If you, one of your core values is physical exercise, physical health, then, okay, translate that now. Convert that, that, that declaration of value to a goal. I want to lose 20 pounds. Or I want to make this amount of money in this amount of time. If it's ministry, it's going to be this kind of ministry. And you're going to get descriptive. You're actually going to write this down or type it out. You're going to, you're going to type out, what are my top five core values? that mean the most to me. If I only do these well in this life, I will, have, I will have succeeded. Then number two, for each of those five, get descriptive. What does the ministry look like? Your relationship with your spouse. What does that look like? I want a, so if your value is healthy marriage, then you're going to say in number two, I want our marriage to be this. I want to do this. I want to have family time. I want to take holidays. I want to have a common ministry goal as a couple. You're going to put the details in there. And this is just really, really crucial to get detailed about that. And man, I wish I could get into some stuff today related to Harvard study. And I, I think I just might, Bruce. I think I might. <laughs> because it's so good. The need to write these things down in an organized way. Uh, I, I think I may do that. But let's move on to number three. So we get our four keys to building a life blueprint. Number three is create routines. You begin to create routines around these values and activities. So for example, if one of your top values is your relationship with God, then you're going to create a daily routine where you will spend time with him. You will study the word. You will pray. And then that will translate into a weekly routine. What's your monthly routine? So for example, uh, I have a, a, a daily routine. I try to tithe two and a half hours to the Lord every day. Two and a half hours is a tithe of 24 hours. And so I give to God an hour here, another hour there, and half hour of self-development somewhere in the day. I have a daily routine so that no matter whether I feel like it or not, these routines and how I manage my daily schedule continues to propel me to fulfill my value 
of relationship with God. Do you get it? <laughs> then every week on Sunday, I have church. That's part of my relationship with God. I take communion once a week. That's part of my weekly routines. Then I have a monthly routine of a three-day prayer and fast retreat with the Lord. That's what I do monthly. Then uh, uh, yearly, we have a different set of routines for that. And so this is how you continue to enforce adherence to what you say is your real value and your real goal. So for somebody else, if we get into it in the area of um, your marriage, what's your daily routine? Do you make breakfast for your spouse or do you, do you do this for her? Part of my monthly routine is sending my wife flowers. I actually have it in my calendar, but don't tell her. <laughs> I have a reminder in my calendar that says love gift for my wife. <laughs> and I order her something or I buy her something or, and she's begun to catch on every month when I do something really special. She knows this is part of my monthly routine because marriage is a life value for me. And what you invest in will grow. What you neglect will die. It's just how it goes. So I have a weekly routine. My wife and I would take communion together every week as a couple. We, we aren't like other couples where we feel the need to pray together every day. Uh, side note, the family that prays together stays together is nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> What's actually more important is your own individual walk with God. And so my wife and I, we come together on Fridays uh, and we have communion together. And we have a monthly routine. We have a yearly routine, which includes two holidays and you begin to build your life in such a way that continues to push you towards your goals. And it's really fun to build these life blueprints because you begin to see, wow, in five years, look at the money I will have saved. <laughs> in five years, what will our marriage be like if we, every 90 days, take a little marriage retreat together or a conference or a book we're going to read through? I think you guys are getting the point. So according to each value, you're going to create your schedule of what you do daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly. The principle is that goals, values, must be broken down into consistent activities over a period of time. <laughs> and so number four is to schedule that strategy that you've created so schedule the strategy. That's number four. Number three was routines. Create your routines. Number four is schedule the strategy and build it into Google Calendar, a family calendar up on the fridge, whatever you have to do so that as long as you are fulfilling, here it is, as long as you are fulfilling your daily tasks or your daily routines, you will inevitably, and often without even knowing it, be moving towards your goal uh, in X amount of years, to have a house by this time, to do this by this time. So you're not living by feelings anymore. You're living by strategy. You're not living by emotions and whether you're disciplined that season or not. You're living by blueprint. If I do what I've got in my schedule to do today, if I can just stick to what I've got in my weekly schedule to do this week, 
you will inevitably arrive at the fulfillment of your goal. You will inevitably arrive. It's mathematics. It's logic. And so this is the way that you take back control of your life. Again, I can go into this deeper, and I do, in our History Makers training, so I won't do that here. But I thought you might want to know about this Harvard study before we, before we close here. You will find this fascinating. Why? It's a law of life that God himself created. <laughs> and by the way, Benjamin Franklin said, time lost is never found again. I had that written down there. Now, this study, it was a program related to business students, MBA 1979, and it was uh, Mark McCormick. And the study was what you will not be taught at Harvard Business School. What you will not be taught at Harvard Business School. And this, what I'm about to share with you, has everything to do with why you write down goals, activities that adhere to those goals, that prove those goals, and then setting routines and scheduling it. We call this doing something in an organized way. I know I'm giving a lot of information on this podcast, so I hope you'll listen to it a number of times. But what you will not be taught at Harvard Business School. Here it is. During the study, uh, it was found that 84% of Harvard business graduates left excited with their degree, (laughs) but had had no specific goals. They were kind of, they were going to approach life as it comes. They got their degree. The goals aren't specific. I kind of know what I want to do, but, but didn't really, you know, have anything concrete, let alone anything written down, let alone anything written down in an organized way. Now, 13% of students had a goal. They could tell you the goal. They hadn't written it down or typed it out in an organized way, the way I've been teaching here. So they had a goal, much like believers who say, I have a dream. I have a vision. (laughs) I I received a prophecy. I'm praying about. We have this thing that's kind of nebulously floating out there. And remember, God may have genuinely given that to you, but you're supposed to measure it, put boundaries around it, build this thing, manage it, just like God gave us trees for wood, but we've got to build and measure the table. So 13% had had a goal, but didn't write it down in an organized way. Only 3% of the graduating class had specific goals and plans that were written down strategically. Okay, only 3%. Now, 10 years later, (laughs) it says the results were shocking but predictable. (laughs) The 13% of students who had goals, remember they had goals, they had a vision, but they never wrote it down. Those 13% were earning on average twice as much as the 84% who had no goals at all. That makes sense. Those who had a goal at least, had a vision, they were earning twice as much in 10 years than those who didn't have a goal. So that's a good reason to have a goal. But are you curious what happened to the 3% that not only had a goal, but wrote the thing down in an organized way? Can you imagine if believers got a hold of this principle? If we began to take and convert 
all of our prophecies, prayers, vision, idea, all the visual that we see in the spirit, imagine if we were to write it down and build it with measurements and Oh, it gets me excited. I hope you guys consider taking the History Makers training. <laughs> That's why we have so many tangible fruit and results and projects coming out of our trainings because of system teaching like this. Here it is. The 3% of students who had clear, written-out goals in an organized way were earning on average 10 times <laughs> more than the whole 97% combined. They were making 10 times more money than those who didn't have a goal and left school. And those who had a goal but didn't write it down, the ones that wrote it down in an organized way, just like how I'm teaching you, were making 10 times more money 10 years later. My gosh. It's a law of life that God has instituted. God is the boundary setter. <laughs> Your boundaries have fallen in pleasant places, Lord. I have a rich inheritance. I have a rich heritage. Scripture. So I hope you've enjoyed this today, guys. And again, if you just tuned into this one, I really want to encourage you either on History Makers TV or um, through Transformation Generation Podcast, go back and listen to the first one where we really set the foundation for this. And if you're interested... We have History Makers training actually coming up in person and online for those at a distance. This training is coming up in May, and I want to give you the exact dates for that. You can actually register and get more information at historymakersacademy.com. That's May 27th through the 29th. May 27th through 29, you can register for the History Makers training. And we do entire workshops on this. We have you right there on site. Begin to build your life blueprint. You will be glad you did. And by the way, this upcoming training valued, you know, at over $1,000 at least. We have a post-COVID discount going on of $97. <laughs> People are shocked. $97 is our discount for coming out of COVID. People wanting to reset. People wanting to start their lives and, and, and utilize the time, you'll be able to find that information at historymakersacademy.com. Thank you so much for joining us today on Transformation Generation Podcast. We'll see you next week. God bless. Thanks for listening to Transformation Generation Podcast. If you liked what you heard, visit historymakersacademy.com to enroll in one of our cutting-edge trainings. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel, History Makers TV, or download our History Makers Society app today.